Welcome to Magic School, where you'll learn how to level up every aspect of your life and make your everyday magical, one step at a time, with magic that works. What's up, witches? Welcome to Magic School. I'm your host, Vervain, and this is what I do. I help people level up their lives and enchant the everyday with approachable witchcraft that works. I do this through my work as an author, as a divinatory coach, by holding space for individual and community growth within Oil Coven, and by creating magical content like this. To learn more about Oil Coven, to book a divinatory coaching session, purchase my books, or explore my other free resources, head on over to my website, vervainandtheroses.com. On today's episode of Welcome to Magic School, we're going to be talking about psychopomp work specifically the magical and spiritual work of helping people whose time has undeniably come pass peacefully to the other side. In this case, specifically the grandmother of my guest, the very recently departed grandmother of my wonderful magical guest, who we will introduce in just a moment. Today we're going to be going over ways that you can help someone pass over peacefully, both mundane and magical, ways to support yourself, your own energy while doing this work, because if if you weren't ready, it's not always pretty. And uh, yeah, those are the two main things, like how to actually help somebody pass over peacefully, which we're going to be talking about this in the case of like an actual dying person. But you can apply a lot of these principles to like if you have a spirit that's been taken up residence in your house that you don't that doesn't really belong there. Um, you can use a lot of these same techniques to walk that sort of spirit home as well. Um, and some of the techniques that we'll be touching on are calling in ancestors, calling in angels, candle magic, and more shamanistic psychopomp work. Without further ado, let's get into today's lesson. So first off, who is my guest? She's ultra magical. She's an angel come to earth. She's one of my fellow boss witches in Oil Coven, and she is Abigail Sitter. Hi. Say hi. Hi. Hello. Nice <laughs> Would you to be like here? <laughs> should I just go on about you? You're, you can if you're, you like. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So Howdy. Abigail is one of the boss. <laughs> that continues to talk over her. Abigail is one of the boss <laughs> witches in Oil Coven, and also one of my very best friends. And we met. What did we say? Five or six years ago, somewhere in that range. Summer solstice. Summer solstice. Summer solstice. Twenty sixteen. Whenever that was. And it was just, I feel like it was a really magical circumstance and you kind of ended up in my life by beautiful accident. And then we've just like grown closer over the years until it's become this beautiful thing where like, I feel like a lot of people in my life, at least like if they don't see you for a while, they're like, where's Abigail? (laughs) And it's just, it's a really beautiful thing. You're a really fantastic friend. And one of the reasons that we need to have Abigail back for more episodes because one of the things Abigail has taught me so much about has been communication and the power of our words, both in like more mundane communication contexts and, and also the way that the way that we talk affects um, our, our futures, our presence, our experiences. So that's something that's really cool that Abigail has offered a lot into my life that we're barely even going to be talking about today because that's not what today's episode is about. Do you have anything else to say about yourself? You're you do so much. I literally I just said like one thing about it's you. It's hard to put it in a box. You it's- do a lot of conscious language like coaching. You've done angelic work. You've done lymphatic detox. A lot of that. You've done and you te- she teaches a lot of classes in oil coven as well that are 
a lot of them are actually open. So when are you going to be listening to this? The there'll still be this one will come out before your November class. My November class is going to be a 101 in conscious language upgrades. Um, I do little 45 minute um, free classes to whatever it is that like I have any level of expertise or like knowledge in and I'm choosing to show up in the community because that's how you make communities. You show up and you offer the thing that you're good at and I'm hoping by doing that a people will get a lot out of it and B people will feel inspired to also jump in and share their magic and share with us what they're good at and what you know we can learn from each other because I believe in a community that inspires each other and supports each other by showing up in the ways that they know how and we by all showing up in our zones of genius show each other our shiny yeah and our magic be in our magic yeah yeah oh i love you and i love oil coven love too and so your your educational classes are open to the public pretty much but the replays are exclusive to oil coven members yeah if you want to catch the replay you gotta be in so the yeah some of her past <laughs> one which is super easy to join you know all about that you you hear oil coming out every time you listen to this episode it is a very low (laughs) bar entry um which is how we want it because like we we want anyone who's really interested to be able to participate um because you really like you get out of it what you put into it which now we're talking about like oil coven instead of you but it's hard um, not to talk about oil coven it is so much of like what we do together um but it's like all the things that i ever wanted to do and then i can like justify it as being like a part of my job what crazy speaking of which one of the things that i've always wanted to do is record a podcast with you wow (laughs) here we are and today we're gonna do it (laughs) and anything else that you want to share about yourself before we talk about what we're going to talk about today um i guess i already talked about i already told them what we're gonna if you want to if you want to get to know more about me i'm pretty social i'm pretty friendly you can always message me at earth angel abigail on instagram there's underscores between those words there are there are um I don't really use Facebook. So, like, I exist there. But if you attempt to reach out <laughs> For to me, now. There, the actual likelihood of me interacting with you on Facebook is really low. But I'm on Discord and I'm on Instagram. Okay. So, if you want to contact me or interact with me, those Instagram are Instagram at to Earth do that. Angel Abigail. And we'll have that, we'll have her profile in the show notes as well and any links you may have for people. Because yep. you have a website too, right? Um, I do. I have do you a website talk about this or for do you my talk about lymphatic this? work, but that's really only applicable if you're local Texas tribe. Okay, well, lots of people could be so local Texas tribe. You if never you're know local who's Texas listen tribe, to this. and you want to consult, she does about fantastic work. Your lymphatic system and the d- potential detoxing of any stagnant lymphatic fluid you've got going on. Oh, and I was going to say one of your past classes for was which the recording on. is available for members is lymphatic wellness and oils. And then you also did recently uh, somatic awareness 101. And that is something I'm, I don't know if it's too soon to say here, but like, just know that I am creating offerings. Speak it, manifest it. I am creating offerings out in the world. for people to um, hold a intentional healing space with me in the somatic awareness uh, context and who knows there might be a course coming out soon there might be uh, some more content you'll see from me Um, yeah anything you speak any intention that you speak into these microphones that ends up in this podcast is literally going to be broadcast this is true into the universe this is true this is very very true yes my intention is to create a 
course on Somatic 101 and aiding others in dropping into their bodies and starting a real relationship with themselves. And I'm not like some paragon of virtue, but I do know some things and the things that I know have helped others when I've shared them. And I feel like God and my community and my, my own personal sense of drive is calling me forward to share these things more and it's in process and I'm really excited about it when you're ready to launch that we'll have to have you come back and then we can talk about somatic stuff somatic magic I'm here for it okay so today it's time for a little trigger warning you said this so beautifully last we tried to record the other night and we were just having too much fun with each other we couldn't do it it was the first try you know you gotta do it once just to see it may get edited into a bonus episode later so you can just hear us being ridiculous but uh, it's not gonna work for this so but you did do a really beautiful job of explaining of, of like giving a trigger warning, which I guess doesn't need to be like a long thing, but. It doesn't. Do you want me to try it again? Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll attempt to say what I said last night, apparently so eloquently. Um, so this is a um, conversation that we're going to be having in the context around death and reality of death, like things, uh, contexts, uh, situations, like real life death situations, like hospice, hospital, like the realities of what happens when someone is dying. And if you're not ready for that type of conversation, I just recommend you maybe pause, you maybe come back another day when you're feeling like this is something you want to be present with because this is what we're talking about and it's got a lot to offer and also like if you're feeling in your body that you're not in a space to absorb that kind of Mm -hmm. information right now don't push yourself to do or not do anything that doesn't feel comfortable to you like it's okay listen to your body and stay tuned if that's something you feel good about otherwise maybe circle back or not you know if you don't want to yeah it's okay to not feel good about having this conversation right now but if you know in your so- in your heart that you don't feel good about having this conversation right now, don't like push yourself to mm-hmm. to stay here. Go run a hot bath or whatever feels really good to yeah, your heart right now. Yeah, tune into your body. Hey, and do then, you want to do a little somatic awareness like ooh, mini drop-in moment to yeah, just get this episode started off it. on a grounded moment? Oh, we lit a spirit candle today before we're starting recording and Indeed. I just feel like... It was the right decision. It is. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's the right decision. It's I'm a beautiful ready. candle, by the way. Didn't I think you gave me that one? Oh, that's sweet. I think it's See, the last one that just, you gave me. Wow, it's one of the oh. rainbow melt candles. That was two Yules ago. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, this. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All You're right, saving it for this perfect moment for everything in divine timing. So. All right, I invite you to get comfortable in whatever space you're finding yourself in for this moment and just settle into your seat or wherever it is that you're listening if you're driving or you're sitting or listening in the background of doing household things or wherever you find yourself listening just give yourself a moment to pause and take a couple deep breaths and just drop in Drop into 
how your body is feeling right now and open up your receptive nature to just be in a state of receiving the feedback that you're getting from your body you might be feeling amazing you might be feeling some tension you might be feeling some emotion whatever it is that's there present in your reality just let it be just let it be perfect for a moment As we're moving into this state of presence with ourselves, I invite you to set an intention for yourself, for what you would like to feel in your body by the end of this podcast episode. Would you like to feel more grounded? Would you like to feel more aware, more conscious? Would you like more information? Whatever tension you might have for being here in this moment, I invite you to just let yourself really be present with it and think about it for a moment. And open up to the possibility that you can get that desired outcome. And that's totally possible for you. Taking a couple more deep breaths, wiggling your body gently. I'm rolling my shoulders. Thank yourself for taking just a brief moment to feel you a little bit more. absolutely beautiful thank you i'm so glad they are more present i feel more present i love you i love you too we should do this more often (laughs) you can do this anytime you want guys you can tap in check in feel yourself man we should do podcasts together more often (laughs) what an idea (laughs) This is my idea. My wish for all of you is that you all have a friend this good. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we trigger warninged. We checked in. And now we're going to talk about death. Let's go, guys. So give me just the three-sentence version (laughs) as opposed to the ten-minute version that we practiced last night of (laughs) your... Like a, a, a little bit of context around your relationship with death it doesn't have to be strictly three sentences, but I get it. You know yeah, I, mean. um, I was up somebody to up to this point previously before I experienced this uh, transition with my grandmother. I was somebody who was not terribly comfortable with the idea of death. It was something that made me uncomfortable. Something that if I thought about it too long, I had a certain level of anxiety around it for various reasons. Um, religious upbringing being one of those, but. Um, I can very much say like the subject of death when it came up made me nervous. Um, and it wasn't something I was, 
I would tolerate conversation around it, but like internally, I wouldn't say anything. But on the internal in my own mind, like there was churning and there was discomfort going on. So you were saying um, a little bit last night as well about how death often came up in a manipulative context for you growing up. Oh, for sure. Like to briefly touch on it, just like, you know, the concept of a, a God that's going to punish you by killing you and sending you to hell for your sins. And um, it was very much used as a manipulation tactic. So if you want to be like safe in death, you got to be doing these dogmatic things in life to be quote unquote safe or mm-hmm. okay or accepted or loved by source. And it's not my flavor. these so days. It, was, <laughs> it was used as part of like a scare tactic for sure. Tactic for definitely. You. And I know for I'm control. not alone in that. I'm not alone in experiencing some of that culture. So how would you say your, so, so kind of tell, give us the overview of what, your recent experience has been just like the summary of what we're going to go into in detail in a minute and how that has if and how that has shifted your relationship with death both as a concept um like spiritually metaphysically and also as like a reality in in as the other side of life For sure. Um, I think like the concept of it and then having like familial um, like lineage pass on in front of you is like something that shifted me very quickly into my, you know, deeper awareness of my own mortality. And, you know, you can have a friend to die. You can have, um, you know, some acquaintance pass away and it just never really clicked in the way that this clicked in mm-hmm. um so can you tell us what happened about like which part what do you mean like oh like an overview an overview okay of what happened yeah sure um, i think no one knows why we're here yet no, sure <laughs> so um my grandmother was 91 um lived a very long life um and she's was getting older and we could kind of tell like, okay, she's going to pass soon. And, um, it was me being present with her for the process of the last days, uh, holding space for her as she left the planet and went back home. And there's a lot involved in that from like the perspective of holding space for family who's maybe not necessarily ready for that. Like my mother not being completely comfortable with the experience. Um, it was my mom's mom and, um, also holding space for myself as I was with her during that, that experience. It was, uh, it was beautiful and haunting and, uh, life changingly, powerful in my perspective shifts that I got out of that and it took a lot of energy and will and effort to stay and be committed to the level of like groundedness and I guess level-headedness to Mm -hmm. be present in all of those ways like I was very aware of what I was doing was like an act of service Mm -hmm. 
it wasn't lost on me that <laughs> no one else didn't want to be there. Like nobody else wanted to be there. Like no one else in my family showed up for this process um, or w- was interested at all. My grandmother was not a lovely person. Uh, she made a lot of choices and she taught me a lot of things about how not to be. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it's okay. Those lessons kind of suck sometimes, but it's, it can be really powerful if you're paying attention. Yes. And I choose to pay attention and we can always learn something from anyone. Yes. Whether um, it's how to do something or how not to do something. Yes. Yes. I would agree with that. Does that answer your question? I think so. I think it does. And then we'll talk more about specifics because some yeah. creepy things happened in between so, all of that. Yeah. The next thing I actually have written here is to just quickly talk about like what are some of the things that like what's the practical because the promise of this podcast right is that every episode every lesson leaves people with practical approachable magic that works that they can put into action you know one step at a time they can do you know one thing differently and have a more magical more um a more magical life or a life more aligned with their vision, with their intention, with their goal. And obviously we're teaching more than one little thing today, but they're all around this. They're all centered around this context of helping someone move on, right? Helping someone go through the process of transitioning right so what are some of the the things just uh, in in brief list form what are like what are some of the things that we're going to be teaching or sharing about today because the caveat of course is that this is from yours and and this is from mostly yours but a little bit my uh personal experience and like we're not academic experts on any of this material but we are people who are speaking from our experience about things that have worked for us in our lives. Humans who have done things that have worked for us. Yes. That is a great way to put that. Yes. I should have you here more often. <laughs> so what are we going to be teaching? So we, <laughs> we definitely need to touch on um, the candle magic aspect to this mm-hmm. because I think that is the craziest part in my mind. And I did not expect all that the way that happened to happen but it did and I think that speaks to um your magic as well and the magic of intention and also like spirit moves and spirit feels these things when we work on the spiritual planes like it is rippled and it is felt the effect is there so definitely going to be talking about the candle magic experience um also my personal support system my team of angelic um how did i say it last you said, night um it was i i'm almost want you to just go get you know, it it was from, kappa it was kappa because it was your collective angelic protection agency yes <laughs> yes i remember collective that. angelic protection agency that <laughs> is my team and i call them in every day but t- th- this this string of days i called them in a lot extra um and that was 
beautiful. And some of the experiences I had with my angels was really sweet. And, and then you did precious. also end up calling in your ancestors at the I end. I did. I did. And, and that um, was all part of a more shamanistic Shamanistic journey. Well. Yeah. And calling in and intentionally inviting my grandmother to meet me on the, the astral plane and like walking her to the rainbow bridge and being yes. like, it's, this is so it. Let's, like, let's go <laughs> home. You know, I want to start talking about it, but yes, I know you have a, well, let's, let's get there. We'll get there. We'll get we there. will get there. Okay. So I have w- that we were going to go over this a little bit chronologically. So obviously okay. this started like the way that you showed up being in service to her started before the hospital. For sure. I felt in my spirit, um, like a week or two before she passed, like that she was going to pass. And I told my mom, hey, um, can I move in with you and grandma for a few weeks? Because that's what I felt like I was supposed to do. I don't know how else to say that Mm -hmm. other than my intuition was just telling me what was up. Sometimes you got to listen. Yeah, highly recommend. And (laughs) so I did. I moved in. and she was rapidly declining because she had dislocated at the time we didn't know but she had fallen um had like a minor fall when my mom was helping her get up and down for lunch one day and she had a a little fall and that little fall ended up actually like dislocating her shoulder but she never said anything about it she was always like okay um but after that her mobility went down like way down um and so quality of life went down very very quickly and I could tell and I was telling my mom hey like I know you two didn't yeah (laughs) I know you two did not have a good like mother-daughter relationship and Mm -hmm. she does have a certain level of Alzheimer's but there's still a little bit of communication that happens there you might want to consider just saying anything that you need to say for yourself mm. like get that off your chest and mm. like the week leading up before my mom told me she'd gone and sat with her and said you know looked her in the eye and held her hand and said I forgive you and I love you and God loves you and gonna be okay and it was really special like getting to make her meals and get her you know watching her favorite shows and i just want to say like putting oils on her feet you you take for granted the thing that you just said which is so like you're i see you wanting to move into these things that you're doing but that is such a huge thing that you did for your mother Mm. for both of them helping like just prompting that forgiveness work Cause that is something like I can. Let see me tell a, you, my mother had a lot to forgive. Yeah, she probably still yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, but I can see a world like a version of events in which your mom didn't take the time to do that and is carrying that forward with so much weight for so long. And like the f- just, I know you can feel like, oh, all I did was like make a suggestion, but you created space for that and that is hugely important work that is huge amounts of healing for your mother as well as for like having that sort of healing in those relationships can also be a huge part of helping your grandmother pass on peacefully 
Because people don't like leaving unfinished work behind. People don't like leaving unfinished conversations behind. I love you. I see you. (laughs) Sorry. I just... You don't have anything to apologize for. (sighs) I feel really seen. I just want to say that. So thank you. Yeah, it was... uh, I'm just grateful she listened to me. Like you had, you hadn't even like, she actually, she actually listened to me. My mom's an Aries. I love her, but she's a stubborn woman. I mean, I get it from somewhere. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just grateful that it, it, the, the offer to, to, to offer that to her just came so naturally. Um, and after they had that conversation actually was when, she started having more unusual stuff going on. Like we would walk in and she would be talking to someone who clearly wasn't there. Mm. Um, but for her it was like there. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one, there was one incident where uh, she was like, just woke up after a nap after watching whichever one price is right or, Jeopardy. She would say that. Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. Jeopardy. Anyway, um, that was her favorite show. But um, I woke her up and was, you know, getting her lunch. And she looked at me a little startled. Like she woke up like very startled. And she asked me and looked at me and said, I'm supposed to be dead, right? And I was like, you know, uh, wide-eyed blinking and just like, okay, like that someone just asked me that and I knelt down next to her and this woman was hard of hearing. You had to cone your hands and <laughs> yell into her really good did. ear to get any kind of communication through. <laughs> um, And I told her, you're going to get to go home soon, grandma. We are, you're going to get to go. And then like a day or two after that, she and a similar situation where I was helping her, you know, after she woke up and she looked at me and she said, I don't want to be here. And I said, OK, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? And she looked at me with glazed over eyes and said, heaven. And I said, OK, Grandma, you're going to get to go there soon and I sat down with her and I asked her like do you have anything you want to say this woman was basically I don't know if she took a vow of silence or like what her deal was but like she spoke very few words in the last 30 years Hmm. she didn't talk a lot so I asked her do you have anything you want to say? And she said, not really. And I was like, okay, that's all right. You know? And I I asked her questions and I don't think, you know, she knew what to say without anything prompted. But then when I would ask her questions, Mm -hmm. like, um, are you, are you happy? Are you ready to go home? Are you going to go get to see your mom? Like things like that. And she would, her eyes would light up and she said, yeah, I want to go see mom, you know, stuff like that. And 
it was really sweet. You know, there's like that, that slight level of childlike innocence that comes with dementia. Mm-hmm. And it's eerily beautiful. It's a, it's, it's definitely, there's a beauty and a tragedy side to that coin for sure. And both sides are real. Yeah. I got to, it was nice though, because every night I got to like put her little oils in the diffuser and put the oils on her feet and, um, brush her hair and pat her head and sing to her and talk to her and smile at her and she'd smile back, you know, and it was just really sweet. And my mother was not capable of doing those things. Like she just couldn't, no offense to my mother. My mother did a lot for this woman. She was her basically paying paying for a long time. Yeah. Long time through. Imagine three years of your life, with no day off, like literally no day off for three years of your life, being someone's hospice nurse from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. every single day for three, over three years. That was my mother. My mother gave Doesn't her pay life. At, it didn't pay her anything. Uh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> and her brothers and sisters would call and say, thank you so much for doing this for mom. We really appreciate you. But they never sent a check. They never pitched Sent in. They just help. said, thanks. Mo- thanks. Thank you. And my mom was like, well, no one else is going <laughs> to do it. So, <laughs> and she did not want to go to a home. And my mom made a beautiful sacrifice and a choice to commit to not putting mm-hmm. her in a home. She that did. is really beautiful. She was like, that I'm not going to do that to you. Cause I guarantee you, if she had gone to a home, really she would have died a long time ago. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Guarantee you. So speaking of which though, speaking of going into a home and speaking of oils on the feet, um, you were telling me about, so there, there came a point where it was, it was very it obvious. It could no like, longer be, this could no longer st- remain a home operation. No, like, and the thing that did it is I was giving her a shower and I found some bed sores that was just like too big for me to manage. Mm. And I was like, mom, I like the setup here at the house, like we can love her and feed her and clothe her and bathe her and get her well rested, but we cannot give her like the environment that is needed for this to be properly medically like treated. Mm-hmm. And um, let me be very clear. She did not want to go <laughs> to the hospital. Um, but I told her, I said, we got to go. It's time to go home. And, um, and thankfully I had four or five days leading up to that of talking to her about dying and basically telling her like, you're going to die. I said it point blank several times. You're going to get to go home. You're going to get to go back to heaven. Do you want to see Jesus? Like having, because that was her religion and that was what she was, Mm -hmm. you know, that was what was like comforting to her. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't going to be like, Odin's going to welcome you into Valhalla. There were a couple times that that Anubis came up. We should talk about that later. (laughs) I'll talk. I'll talk about that later. Right. But, you know, for, for her, um, that was, you know, what she was, what she was comfortable with, with, with. what she was comfortable with. So, um, the meaning that she made, the meaning she made of death. Yeah. So we went with that. Um, and it was really beautiful. And there were multiple times where 
I would just be sitting with her holding her hand and she would just look at me and be crying. And um, so when you when it came time to mm. move on shift to the hospital, to the hospital, yeah. How did you ease that shift? Oh man! How did you like? Well, what, first what of all, let me just say on? that like my my family's energy was chaotic and like oh no and this is bad and <laughs> so I was combating that like active so I don't, I'm belief not system. To laugh or belittle anyone's perspective here. It's just you're fine. The whole story is it's interesting. Yeah. So I was already kind of combating the, oh, no, this is terrible. Grandma's dying. Like, energy? Um, so I was, from that point, definitely, like, grounding and calling in my angels and um, just asking for more personal divine assistance and also something I did to, you know, shift my grandma because she was very much like, no, I don't want to go to the hospital because I think she knew she was if she went to the hospital she wasn't going to come she back it was a one-way trip yeah she knew she was she was aware um something I did to ease myself and her um I took her socks off and I put some white angelica on the bottoms of her feet and put her socks back on and put some white angelica on her head and rubbed her head and just held her gave her a big long hug and just held her in that space after anointing her and I'll never forget that moment it's like I know like doing it I know this is going to be something I probably remember for the rest of my life so we talk about white angelica in episode three when we're talking about going to visit our demons and slay them but would you share just a a, a quick your version of what is white angelica and what what does what kind of support can it help provide that's a great question white angelica has been one of my favorite oils for many years now and for me personally i get a lot of feelings of divine protection when i apply it when i put it on um very grounding very celestial um energies there for myself um maybe someday we'll retell the story of why it was created by gary young that would be fun to do one of these days um how long a story is that uh, probably too long for today okay. all right um but you yeah just keep talking i just want to share the ingredients in oh, a moment yeah, but go for it oh okay the ingredients in white angelica are it's a blend it's an oil blend and you can look up like all of these ingredients separately and do your own research on like their properties for emotional and energetic support um and that'll tell you a lot more than we can also tell you mm -hmm. so it's sweet almond oil bergamot myrrh geranium sacred sandalwood Lang Lang, coriander, black spruce, melissa, hyssop, and rose. So it is a oh hyssop powerhouse of I an oil hyssop. blend. Hyssop is a very powerful, powerful cleansing plant ally. Yeah, love that. So you uh, rubbed the white angelic on her feet mm -hmm. and stuff. That's pretty straightforward. What effect did you feel like that had? She calmed down. Uh-huh. Like a considerable amount, like not all the way completely back into chill mode because what was happening was still happening. But like I could feel her energy shift and some release, like 
ease coming back, but also that could be due to just being around my energy, which was very grounded and calm. Mm-hmm. And you use white angelica also for deepening your like relationship co- with my angels. Yes. Right. Okay. For many years. Yes. Beautiful. And we'll totally, maybe we'll have an angel episode. Well, someday. yeah, I was going to ask actually the, the white angelica seemed like a faster question with a faster answer. So I asked that one first, <laughs> but you talked also in this step in this transition from home to hospital about how you called in your angels and called in some extra divine protection. Mm -hmm. And that's all well and good to say, but I I want people who are not necessarily people who may be really new to this whole magic and energy work and witchcraft and angels thing. Like, and I mean, I don't, I don't work with angels, so I certainly can't teach this. I would love for people who are new to this to have some, to not just come away from this episode with like a, Oh, calling on angels. I should, I should look into that. But like, how can they call on angels? How can they call oh, in divine protection? How can I they like call I'll, on that sort of support? I will say this, like there are so many angels and like who do angels support? People. Humans. Right. Human beings. Literally anyone who calls on them. And that's the that's the trick with angelic assistance is you have to ask. Cause they literally like binding agreements they've made to God and the forces that be cannot involve themselves in earthly matters of men unless called upon. So you no have angelic to, solicitors. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. I mean, and sometimes you have like the rare occasion, but also sometimes angels intervene. Like sometimes like, like let's say like I pray, f- you don't pray for an angel but I'm praying for an angel to help or assist you Mm -hmm. in that instance. Like assistance can be granted with not Uh a direct source because you can pray. I don't have to sign the permission slip. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I do believe that your higher self does. Yeah. And there's like a, a barrier there. So like if your higher self is an absolute complete, like, non-agreement or non-resonance with angelic assistance, then even if I pray for you, no, it's like, this is not with an alignment of integrity on like this person's mm-hmm. higher soul agreements. We can't do this. Um, but that. that's digressing a little bit. Is it? No, no it's really not. not too much. But anyway, um, it's really simple. I have a lot of angels that I work with and the ones that I work with the most are easily, most certainly Archangel Michael, Metatron, Uriel, Ariel, Raphael. So can you give us like a one sentence each summary of like why you might pick those angels or like why someone else might want to look into those particular angels? First of all, the great question. First of all, I definitely encourage you to get like really clear with yourself if you want to connect with angels at all. Like I don't recommend that it's something you willy nilly just think, oh, that sounds cool. I'm just going to do that. Like, I, I recommend you get really grounded in yourself as to your why and why you want to connect with angelic energy and angelic assistance. Because once you invite that energy into your life, it's almost like inviting an angelic bullshit detector into your life. And I am I correct in assuming that you're coming at this because there is this <laughs> cultural glossing over of what an angel is? 
Yes. And we could talk about like the definition of what an angel is. Probably like culturally, there's lots of different definitions. And then there's also like my personal definition on what I've experienced them to be. So this Can could be a long very quickly. I know. I'm open to this being a long episode. If you're open to this being a long episode. <laughs> if there's value here. I believe there's value okay. here. Yeah. And like the thing is, if people come to me with questions about angels, I'm going to have to be like, yo. I'm not your girl. Like you're going to have to message <laughs> Abigail. <laughs> and that's probably not bad, but like I'm curious too. And like we've talked about these things like off and on, but I don't think I've ever really like I don't know if you've ever like dove actually deep with sat you down about with me angels. And, yeah. I think I've definitely like asked you questions here and there, but I've never like tried to get the full tutorial. <laughs> right. And I don't honestly, you know, I probably should actually make it. Hmm. I don't know. Because I, I feel like probably. There's a lot. Can I yeah. just say like. Just say this, something. This Stop is, me from talking. This is a big subject. And I'm more than happy to go into it now. And also like if we are going to cover the things that we would like to cover in this episode. I just want to give people enough to know whether this is something that they resonate with enough to look into further and what their next steps would be for looking into it further. Sure. First of all, get clear with yourself. If you are called or you feel an energy pulling you towards angelic work at all, I would say deeply listen to that call because those energies that are... Uh, highest dimension of heaven like loving collective angelic um, they definitely do pull on our heartstrings sometimes when they're wanting to communicate with us or work with us they can't directly influence our lives but they'll drop little like little hints in your body and your mind and your heart so if you're getting any of those hints um, and it calls to you and it's something that brings you like thinking about angels or being protected or having a relationship with an angel, archangel or a collective angelic brings you a somatic sense of relief, joy, comfort, peace, serenity. Those are all good signs that that is something that you might want to like lean into that curiosity. And if you, you do, if that's where you're at and you do have that curiosity, um, talking to them directly like there's no barrier there's no ritual there's no thing that they need you or want you to do there's no like special brand of candle you have to buy (laughs) there's no incense special plant oh my god (laughs) spiritual anyway special location you have to go to at the right planetary hour on the right day of the week No, uh, that's, <laughs> you know, and some spirits, you know, and, and guides, you know, might have a little bit more of that. Like if you want to connect with the green man or Hecate or. I suspect that there are a lot for whom that sort of thing helps, but I don't think there's any spirit that like, if you are perhaps like land spirits that are tied to a certain land features or like pieces of land might not be this way but I feel like any other spirit pretty much that actually wants to communicate with you will do that wherever it needs to happen whenever it needs to happen you know Mm -hmm. um yeah so basically like you don't need a you don't need a password (laughs) Um, (laughs) there's no oh Sean talks about this a lot the concept of magic words 
So like we talk about magic words as in like our words having power. Sean talks about magic words and this comes up in a lot of like non-magical circles. This idea of magic words as being like a special word that gives a special kind of power. So like where um, in a lot of circles like Jesus is kind of a magic word where it's like it's not actually like people's behavior or people's values or people's decisions or choices that are um, allowing them like access into certain spaces. It's the fact that they're using certain magic words that act like passwords to get them permission to be in these spaces. And we don't like that kind of magic word. And Mm -hmm. I should probably cut this out. No, I think that's a really important piece of information or you can save it for our episode on magic words. But, um, yeah, in this in this scenario, contacting Angel, the magic word would be help, mm. and the humuni- the humility, and mm. the willingness to set aside the ego, and the be open to, to ask for help, the willingness to ask for div- like divine angelic assistance, and being open to them working in the ways that they're going to work, because you cannot control angelic assistance. Like they're going to move your like life in the direction that is actually for your highest good. And I do work with a lot of conscious language and word magic. And I understand that concept very well. So of course, like the more specific you are, the more likely that your desired outcome will, will happen exactly the way you want it. But that is partially due to your own conscious mind being fully aware of what it is you would like to experience. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we enter this state of human expression of being, being in a state of, I just need help. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. And yeah, asking asking for help means admitting that you need something more powerful than you yeah like my ego my brain my my level of ability it means admitting that you're not enough Mm -hmm. for the task Mm -hmm. which can be triggering it can and 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 not and that's why i say that's why i say it, it 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 requires a certain level of humility and if you're willing to be in that space of humility Angels can come help you. Magic can happen. In an instant. So it's absolutely miraculous. Every time it never ceases to amaze me. Okay. So I really do want to go really quick. Just like as briefly as possible. One more time. Which angels did you call on? And then like why those angels? So the bonds and the personal relationships with angelic that I have the closest and strongest to personally are Archangel Michael, Archangel Metatron, Uriel, Ariel, and Raphael. Okay. Um, those specific angels are my angels because those are the ones that have sh- literally physically shown themselves to me in my life throughout the course of my um working with them Mm -hmm. like this started off as me connecting to what they revealed to me as divine collective angelic Mm -hmm. and And from there if they were to be guests on this podcast and you were to introduce them how would you do that (laughs) most people know this but michael is most certainly like a very protective sword angel he is like um not only will he protect you but he will also like 
call out you call you call you out on your own shit Mm -hmm. so don't talk to michael if you don't actually want to change something (laughs) because he's not a codependent angel he's gonna help you create boundaries and you know be protected and all that but he's also gonna say you need to step up to your own your own plate missy Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Mm -hmm. Metatron is really cool and and one of the angels that I have the strongest connection with. Um, He's one of the only, one of two angels, archangels, that were human before they ascended and became an archangel. So that's a whole story um, that I honestly don't have memorized right now, but I could go back and look into it. But there was a phase of my life where I was like studying angels and I remember that coming up and it being like, whoa, that's cool. Um, but the sense and energy and, um, feel that I get from Metatron is very human. Like he's a very human angel. He's Mm -hmm. very compassionate, but he's also very much like here for the expansion of God consciousness Mm. and the downloads like Metatron has been there for a lot of my conscious language upgrades Mm -hmm. and, um, he is a divine helper. He is an assistance. He'll, he kind of clears things to help you see things like, like there, there's a fog over the way you're seeing things. When I've called on Metatron, he's helped me like kind of clear the fog and see with like, I guess more open eyes, like reality of the situation instead of like maybe the fog of the stories I've made up about whatever's going Mm -hmm. on also very much like an ego cleanser like he's not interested in any of that it's it's more about like the truth of the matter and the truth is like this is what's going on and if you want to positively affect your situation you have to take responsibility in x y or z and that's why i say like if you want to mess with angels or you want to like connect and create a relationship with angels you need to be really ready to take responsibility for your life i think it's the same with any spirit i really do i i I love that and i'm grateful to hear that um yeah i haven't worked with any spirit that was cool with telling me what would really help me level up and then me not doing it and then still being my friend. Um, Like, have they then, like, decided, like, sworn vengeance on me for not taking their advice? No, but did they get kind of tired of of giving you good advice when you're not throwing pearls before swine? Yeah, they get a little tired of it. It's been my experience. So Uriel is another archangel, and I've always felt like a very strong masculine energy there and it definitely he brings in a lot of like grounded wisdom like a good angel to call on when you you need more knowledge or wisdom um ariel is actually the angel of uh like plants and nature spirits and animal spirits so ariel is the kind of like god like gaia angel like the angel of the magic of earth earth medicine yeah it really is ariel really is an earth angel love you forever 
and evermore. So yeah, that's Michael, Metatron, Uriel, Ariel, and Raphael. Raphael, oh, God, I love him. He's a healer. He is a healing dude. He's a healer. He's um, definitely someone I've called on many times when I have been physically ill. And if you are physically ill and I'm like, I will send you angels, I am definitely asking Raphael to come and heal you. And he also works with heart, the heart directly, like um, easing and um, balming the pain that sometimes can happen with heartache and I love Raphael. He's a very, very beautiful. He sounds like a good dude. Uh, you might be able to tell which <laughs> one's my favorite. <laughs> but um, I hope that's a di- dis- yeah, that works. A distinct that good works. description. And, and also like... That'll do. That'll do, love. That'll and do. they're infinite beings. And so you can sh- they can show new sides of themselves to you the more you create an active cultivating like a relationship with them i have tea with them often and i'll be like this is a cup for metatron and this is a cup for ariel and this is a cup for Raphael," and i literally invite them to come drink tea with me and just sit in the energy of them and be like alone quote unquote and people wonder what i'm doing in my room by myself (laughs) all the time and it's like well just having tea with my angels yeah that can sound pretentious though (laughs) (laughs) it's like i mean can it maybe that's you just tell them you're having a teddy bear tea party i do have a teddy bear as well so you tell them whatever the fuck you want to tell them anyway one of the reasons i feel like i have such a natural ease in the space of angelic energy is because i have remembered past life experience where I was in heaven and I don't know if you believe in past lives everyone or heaven or or angels if you do or or don't that's fine but in my personal experience I have had vivid memories of my most recent past life in heaven and I was there for about 2,000 years and I even have memories of them asking and being like okay it's time to go time to go to earth now and um it feels like home. Like, I don't know how else to describe that other than like when I'm in that energy in that space, I feel very comfortable. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got to the hospital. Oh God. Yes. We arrived at the hospital and you spent the first on night the way her. to oh, the okay. hospital. Oh, we missed something. We did. I don't even know if I told you this. Um, I put on, like gospel music for her to hear right next to her ear. So she would kind of, no, this is new information. Calm. Yeah. Be in a chill state. Um, so I was actively playing music that was comforting to her and was also like in her religion, invoking God Mm -hmm. and holding her hand. And the whole way there, my mom was driving the whole way there. I held her hand and, or at least her shoulder and like, maintained loving touch with her because I could tell she was having a really hard time on that car ride. Um, so that was part of it. And then we got to the hospital, you know, they did the things that they do taking blood, 
nurses, doctors, um, moving around different rooms, all the things. Um, because of the lovely uh, situation that we have going on in, in this country, <laughs> they can only have one guest in the hospital at a time. So my mom and I would rotate um, going to see her. And I Sorry. got to see her. My mom stayed for like the first hour or two. And then I, that first night I came and I was there with her from like 7 p.m. to like 3 or 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so that night was the night that you heard her last so they put they put her on morphine that night yeah she was in a lot of pain and they basically found out found she had, out broken, she had yeah. broken her shoulder and she had a broken clavicle bone jesus christ sorry and we didn't know and so that was also the night that i was gonna say you that we heard her last like coherent words because mm-hmm. i was talking to her and um Gosh, remembering it and going back and thinking about it feels like such a dream. You said it felt like a dream when it was happening, mm-hmm. which we talked about could either have been, could have been any number of reasons. I mean, it could be, it, the truth is that, like it is a big trans, like psychologically transformative event to go through. Mm-hmm. And it is also like, because it is so big, it's, um, I mean, like, dissociating is a natural response is a natural like defense mechanism against being in really emotionally and psychologically intense situations and dissociating long term is really not healthy but honestly i don't know if this is a popular opinion or not but like honestly dissociating in the short term there are times when we make the choice to go through something that is too intense for us to feel fully while we're going through it and still be effective. And when you're doing work, you can't always be like, it would be super cool if we could be like, I need to be fully present with my emotional experience of everything that's happening right now. But sometimes the work that you have to do is bigger than your own emotional experience. And can I say yeah. on that note, yeah. like one of the things that kept me from, I think like dissociating to an unhealthy level was my valor. Oh yeah. Cause I had my valor on I my, I we're allowed to say that, but I don't care. I'm saying it. Um, my valor on my diffuser necklace, just having that on my neck and right there, I could literally just pull it up to my nose and take a deep breath. And it really, really made a difference guys it kept me or was one of the major factors that kept me balanced during a very very intense emotional time so at this point my grandmother's freaking out and i'm just sitting with her and (laughs) the term death grip has a whole new meaning to me now because when she was holding my hand she was Mm. holding my hand literally so hard that her nails dug into me and broke skin in quite a few places like she was holding on for her actual life 
Wow. Um, she cut me in a few places. I could feel the fear. I could feel like the, the, like the terror really like the terror of the reality that she was having her last day. Mm -hmm. And she was her last conscious day Mm -hmm. was ending in those moments. And before those moments, I did my absolute best to hold her and to give you some like context of what was going on with her body her heart rate was going between 150 and 180 beats it was absolutely nuts so she can't hear it but i'm sitting here with her for hours while the heart monitor is just beep 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 beep, just going Uh. off and um I put so many different oils on her. I don't even remember all the different oils I put on her, but I at least had my Serenity Now kit that I would put on my hand. And when I would go to like go back in to hold her hand, <laughs> I would make sure my hand was like covered in stress away or, or lavender or something. Um, a, so it might help her and B, because my hands are like had cuts all over them, but mm. I, I couldn't, <laughs> it felt wrong denying her my hand like Mm -hmm. she obviously needed me to hold her hand in that moment because she was terrified and even though it was hurting me on a on a brief moment level yeah this is just a little creepier version of that (laughs) um i can still like see it in my mind it's crazy um but before she got you know, too much morphine in her and she was still capable of talking to me. I was trying to talk to her as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I was going through it and I called my best friend and she was on the phone with me during part of this. So Hi. you were actually there for part of this. I was. And you were actually the only other person who got to hear her final words. I remember them like it was yesterday. She said, okay, I love you too. Yeah. Yeah. I listed off and named all of her children. One by one. I said, you know, they love you. And she said, I love them too. And. She had five children. I named off all of her children. and I named off her husband, my grandfather, who passed away. He loves you. And she said, I love him too. Mm. She said, I love you. She said, I love you too. And that was the last thing she said. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of uh, yelling <sighs> after that. So I remember when we talked about, when you called me that day, we talked about. If I start crying, it's just because this is the first time that anyone has like really sat with me like on this level and talked to me and asked me like this many questions about this. So if I'm crying, it's because it's still somewhat... It's all good. Just know that it's still... It's real. It's fresh. It's, it's still somewhat it's recent. Raw. She passed away um, a month and five days ago. So... 
Yeah, if you if you know how many days, it's it's fresh. <sighs> yeah. So it was that first night that we <sighs> first talked about. You know, you were talking about basically this dilemma of like it was very clear that it was her time to go, mm-hmm. you know, but that she wasn't like she was still literally holding on for dear life. Yeah, she's literally holding on. And even so though I was telling like, her it's time to go home, grandma. Right. And you know? she had herself said, you know, I want to go home. I think I'm supposed to be dead now. You mm-hmm. know, all these things that are like, mm-hmm. okay, like there are levels of her being that recognize that it's time. You know, no one's like talking her into this but it's also she's divided against herself because as mortal beings we don't want to die you know um but so so the uh, part of our conversation was about how can you help her be ready to move on and the first thing that I suggested was walking her to the bridge. Mm-hmm. Which, so I went into... Yeah, we've had these conversations enough that you, you knew what I meant. Mm-hmm. If you're new to this podcast and you... Go listen to the first it's episode. episode two. Yeah, the second episode yeah, on episode the shamanic Yeah, episode two is an eclectic witch's guide to shamanic journeying. And this will give you kind of like a, a template for what was meant here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, did you even use like any sort of audio or did you just go in your head? I just went. Yeah. So it was a hospital. If you're like, really new to this, you might need um, audio to help create a trance. But if you really, really need to do something like this. Also my angels helped me. Yeah. You call on your guides and, and you can, you can do this in any context. You don't need the audio. It just helps. It's a, it's another tool that helps transform consciousness, but you can shift your consciousness without the tool. Mm-hmm. You just have to set your mind to it. So tell us like what exactly you did, like walk us through the steps of what mm-hmm. that looked like for you. So basically Both in the, like what happened in the physical world and then what happened in, in your journey in the physical world. Um, after, after the point where she had, shared her final words and she started going into more nonverbal um, noises and sounds. Um, and I'm just still the only one in the hospital room, right? It's just me sitting there holding her hand. And I um, had called Vervain and was talking to her and went into a space of, okay, I'm going to meet you. My spirit is going to meet you at the bridge and I'm going to walk with you up to the bridge because it's getting ready to be that time to walk across and grounding in taking deep breaths and giving my angels permission to like guide me through that astral space and inviting her body her her soul to you know go through that space change as well because she's already I could feel it I'm very energetically sensitive like I could feel her soul fighting to stay in her body but her soul really just wanted to go but there was that that mortal fight it's like the that ego was holds on yes yeah very the much soul so is, and is the bird but the ego is the cage so when I was there with her um in in the physical moment I'm still there in my body and also like I went to the rainbow bridge like the 
collective consciousness awareness of like the bridge that you walk across as you leave your body and you go yeah, there's, there's, to there's source you go back to the light cultural variations on this but the reason i just said walker to the bridge was that there's a literally dozens of cultures have uh, slightly different versions of the concept of a river that separates the land of the living and the land of the dead and a bridge Mm -hmm. or a boat or whatever that the dying cross and that the living cannot under usual circumstances cross. Correct. So I invited her soul to meet me in that space so I could walk her to the bridge. And I'm there, I know, on the astral level, like I'm there waiting for her. And I'm kind of there for a while, kind of just in the space of waiting. And she's not coming. She doesn't want to go. And in the physical world, I kind of get like pulled back into the physical world there with her in the hospital because she started audibly screaming, no, like, like at the same time that you were at the same time I was inviting her to walk with me. Mm -hmm. She started physically screaming, no. And this continued for five six five to six hours of what i thought was a myth uh i'd heard of these things called death screams Mm. and the doctors i talked to told me that it wasn't real but i'm like sir i'm experiencing this like do you hear her (laughs) she's dying and she's screaming uh i don't know what else a death scream would be but apparently there's like a and and feel free to research this and look into this more but apparently there's like an old wives tale of like people who were very quiet in their life when they're dying sometimes they scream and my grandmother was a very quiet woman for at the very least the last 30 years of her life and it was uh really loud and I'll give you an idea how loud like I tested it to see just how loud it was. I walked, I closed the room to her hospital room, closed the door to her hospital room, walked down the hall, 15 rooms down, and I could still hear her screaming. Like she kept up the whole floor. It was pretty crazy. It was really intense. I heard a lot of it on the phone. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Not like anywhere near what you heard, but. Because I was literally still holding her. Literally, like, the nurses couldn't handle it. They would come in for a second and just be like, this is too loud, and they would leave. I was holding her hand while she was screaming at the top of her dying lungs. Mm -hmm. No, for two hours. Damn. It was one of the most intense physical experiences I've ever been through, and I can... I don't know exactly how I managed to do that. But I, again, like I felt like I was in a memory. So, so there was probably a little level of dissociation going on mm-hmm. and also like angelic assistance. Mm-hmm. And oof, I'm just so glad I had my Serenity Now kit in my pocket because the lavender for the cuts mm-hmm. that I was getting on my hands was real. Mm-hmm. 
And so you, and, I, oh, I think gosh, from, from my memory and from our notes here, that was pretty much the events of the first night. You got to a point where you were like, I think she's still going to be here tomorrow. It's time for a plant magic minute. And I want to talk to you today about an essential oil that is totally unrelated to anything that we're talking about in this episode. And that is cedarwood. It's one of our uh, oils of the month for potions club this month that we're having on the 5th of November. It's also one of my all time favorite sleep support oils. And my favorite thing ever is to mix it with vetiver and vanilla. So I make a spray, I have a spray, I have a roller and I use this as a diffuser blend of cedarwood, vetiver and vanilla. Just adjust the amounts to your personal preference. They go so well together and it's so good for just getting those sleepy vibes on. You know what I mean? So anyhow, if you need some warm woodsy smells, if you need some sleep support, if you just have too many mods in your house and you need a little bit of cedar wood for whatever reason, hit me up, head over to pervainandtheroses.com slash oil coven or shoot me a message however you want and we will figure out how to get your hands on the plant magic for you. Speaking of plant magic, this podcast is sponsored by Oil Coven. Oil Coven is an online circle of badass witches from around the world who are brought together by our mutual commitment to leveling up with plant magic. We work with plant magic in the form of Young Living Essential Oils to level up our wellness, our manifestations, our relationships, abundance, and more. When you join Oil Coven, not only do you get a 24% discount on all Young Living products, you'll also be invited to exclusive Facebook groups, events, and more. We have several online events each month, including coven-exclusive moon circles and potions club meetings, and sometimes we throw tarot tea parties. We also hold classes on things like crystals, runes, affirmations, and how to use them in tandem with plant magic. It's so much fun. Joining Oil Coven is as simple as saying yes to plant magic. There's no starter kit required, and you never have to sell, unless you want to. Join Oil Coven to begin leveling up with plant magic today. To learn more and see our schedule of upcoming events, visit vervainandtheroses.com slash oilcoven. That was pretty much the events of the first night. You got to a point where you were like, I think she's still going to be here tomorrow. Like I, And I, she was. Uh, yeah. I, I left at three or four in the morning. Yeah. Because I'd been there since seven and it was three or four in the morning. And I, I tuned in and asked, like, are you going to be here tonight? Like, at least the rest of tonight and her soul is like I gotta do this thing that I'm doing right mm-hmm. now and so I was like okay I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna sleep and resource and hydrate um and then I came back in the in the afternoon and the next morning the next as day. soon as I could yeah and that day you you went about this differently you oh took yeah carry yourself I took a shower I changed clothes I hydrated I had a good breakfast you said um, you got comfy. You got oh, when I went to the hospital this next time, it was totally different because she eventually later that night at like seven or eight in the morning, they told me she finally like fell asleep. It took three bags of morphine, but she finally clunked out and is like the kind of clunked out that you don't like wake up from. So hospice was like, you're you might want to hang out here if you want to be here Mm -hmm. when she dies because she's not going to wake up from this and she doesn't have a whole lot of time Mm -hmm. um so i came with my bag of goodies i brought snacks i brought my speaker i brought my book um i brought my blanket and my sweater because the night before i made the terrible mistake of going to the hospital without a sweater or a jacket places are 
ice castles. Yeah. Terrible mistake. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your sweaters and your shawls. Somehow I knew this. It just didn't end up happening. Anyway. Um, and that day was really lovely. She got moved up uh, to the uh, higher floor and room her room number was 222. And her and nurse's nurse. names was named Ariel. So I was like, this is exactly where you're supposed to be, Grandma. <laughs> like, you know. Grandma like, knows. Grandma knows. <laughs> and it felt good. And I got to meet her nurse. And her nurse was absolutely lovely. I said, you know you're named after an, an angel, right? She's like, what? And I told her all about Ariel. And she was like, oh, wow, I never knew that about myself. And I was like, well, have fun. Knowing that about yourself, you're an angel. Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, and I just, that that day, I just hung out. I had a beautiful window seat. The sun was coming in. I was listening to my um, book reading soundtrack music <laughs> and reading my uh, book two of the Witcher series and just holding her hand and hanging out. Had my ninja and my sparkling water and... Um, my water bottle and just, you know, fully resourced, happy to be there, just hanging out with her. She was just breathing, you know, death rattling away. Hope so, you never have to hear that noise. I'm not going to try to make that noise, but like, it's creepy. <laughs> I uh, I almost forgot, but w- w- oh, I promised man. we were going to tell them about Anubis. Oh, so you had I was going to. Oh, yeah. You go ahead. Abigail had been asking me about like, should we? Cause, so I I think I had actually introduced, which I can't call this episode Psychopomp Work without defining what a psychopomp is, actually. This is a great time to do that. Let's let's do that. Um, so a psychopomp is typically a spirit, but I at least am of the belief that people can do this as well. I mean, people, people have spirits. We're just spirits with bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but a psychopomp is a spirit that performs the role of helping transport or transition other spirits from, I don't know if it can be as broad as just from one realm to another, but it's certainly from the land of the living to the land of the dead. So by, I first brought up psychopomps when we were first talking about like walking her grandma to the bridge. And after that first experience, which was a no-go, <laughs> which <laughs> Very seems much. to have some serious effect, but not the desired effect, mm. um, we were talking yeah. about other psychopomps. So, like, um, you know, there there are many psychopomp figures in different mythologies, and Anubis came up as an example. And Abigail was like, "So, do you think I should? Do you think I should call on Anubis?" And I was like, "Can we just like for one?" moment like step back <laughs> and think about if you being her were in your the moment. grandma yeah and you were already scared to go across this bridge with your granddaughter guiding you or like with your with your angels guiding you with Jesus on the other side like if you're already scared to go across that bridge with those images how would you as your grandma feel if suddenly a jackal-headed dude shows up to like <laughs> Help you across the land of the And I just felt like this was a really good example of like cultural sensitivity and just like, like, yes, Anubis is a good dude for this job, 
but the job of the for the like the the general job of helping people cross over but like for the specific job of helping your grandma feel comfortable crossing over I just felt like sorry Anubis like you are not (laughs) see I love him I love Anubis but that's different it's a different no not the right moment (laughs) not the right person not the right moment so I just thought it was funny and then we came to a different conclusion about what you should try that night we talked about what would really make her feel comfortable and one of the things that came up was the idea of well you know what was her relationship like with her mother with her grandmother does she have positive memories and it was a little too late to ask that question but we at least had the opportunity or you had the opportunity to I know that it wasn't great from things my mother has told yeah. me I know that it wasn't like as bad as my mom and hers connection but it also wasn't but I great. also I do also feel like there is some like comfort in it. There's and it's, still, like, yeah, there's mom. still some comfort in coming home to childhood and to mom. And there may be people for whom this is not the case. In that case, I would suggest calling in like ancestors from farther back. But mm-hmm. basically, what you what you decided to do was to call in your matrilineal ancestors. You know, your your mother's mm-hmm. mother's mother. And her mother, and, and I don't know grandma, how far back you went, but my great grandma and my great great grandma that I'm aware of. If more of them present. came, I'm not sure. So you you asked them to be present at the bridge, basically to like meet. What, what were the, I was literally the words you used was said? Like, it, Come get your daughter. I literally was like. Great grandma, great great grandma, please come get your daughter. She's being ornery. <laughs> Sorry, am I allowed to laugh at that? It's fine. It's funny. <laughs> Um, but it's also really, I think it's also really kind. It's like, this is, it felt, it felt natural. Like, excuse excuse me, ma'am. Is this your child? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would like, that seems like a much better way to help her feel comfortable passing over, you know, to, to visit something that she knows is familiar and that she knows has, you know, because if the, if, if truly, her matrilineal ancestors can come guide her to that side, then that offers some proof, at least in her experience, that it's safe to go, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so was that the last thing that you did that night? Was there anything else major that you want to share with us about the second night? Well, no, because the candle was as you were leaving, right? The candle was one of the last things we did. Because you yeah. called me and you were like, I don't have the resources. I didn't. So I, wait, do you want to share where you were coming from? And then I can share what yeah. I did. I want to share really quickly, though, like that last day of those hours of mm-hmm. just while well, the sun was still up mm-hmm. and holding her hand and being at the hospital and reading and just being in that little bubble of joy. I very much experienced like a deep connection with her that I'd never felt before and I could feel like she was very grateful that I was there because I was literally just hanging out with her and doing my thing and and just being present for her while she was going through her last breaths and it felt like a bond like something something special happened in those moments those waking hours where 
not waking hours, but like daylight hours before. And then the sun went down and the energy shifted and I could feel like it was time. It was time. Yeah. And about when midnight, well, 1130, like I, I don't know how long we you were on the phone, but I called around you around 11, 1130 because I lit the candle around 12, 12, 1230. And there. I left the hospital at 1230. Um, okay. So I probably, cause I think you called me and we talked for a while and then you said basically like I would do this myself if I had the supplies, but I didn't bring the stuff with mm-hmm. me. Would you do me the favor? Like, would you carve and light a candle? A crossing candle. A candle, yeah, to help her cross mm-hmm. over. And you gave me her initials. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I used a beeswax tea light and I carved into like the top half, basically. Her initials. Her initials, or like on one side of the wick, her her initials, first, middle, last. And then on the other side of the wick, I carved three runes in sequence. So this is kind of like a, a very brief rune script. And the three runes that I carved were Elaz, Iwas, and Perthro. And I'll explain that in a second. And actually, it's really funny. I had in my notes that I had carved... Ella's Perthro and Othala because I wrote my notes from memory and then Abigail just showed me the photo and I was wrong and so um I didn't actually use Othala but I would like to make a case for why I might use Othala next time in a situation for like this so <laughs> Ella's we talked about in the well like part one of the last lesson so um in the first ha- first episode about runes for protection magic because it is primarily a protection rune, but it's specifically a rune of protection for travelers who are traveling between worlds. And that was the main thing, right? Was that like we knew she, her, we knew her soul was ready. It was just a question of her feeling safe letting go, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was the first priority from my perspective, creating this rune script. The first priority was to help her feel safe and protected crossing over, that that was a safe thing for her to do. So that's why Elaz was first. And you can hear more about Elaz in in episode four. Um, And then Iwas is, it's the U rune, like Y-E-W. It's also like a, it's a, it's a lot of things. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that it is, is it's the trunk of the world tree. So where Elaz is horizontal travel between worlds and protection of travelers, Iwas is vertical travel between worlds. And she was... Like that was what we were. That was what we were trying encouraging, to encourage, right? Yeah. Was travel into the lower world, into the lower world of of the dead, and so that's why that was the second rune. And then the third rune was Perthro, which is often described as the lot cup, um, but it is the vessel. You know, it's the it's the vessel out of which contains the unknown. And so a, a lot cup or a dice cup or a, a bag of runes is a vessel that contains the unknown. You don't know what um, future you're going to, you, know, you don't know what you're going to read when you pull runes. You don't know what rune is going to come out of the bag when you pull one. It's also, it's just like that saying they always say about the, you know, life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Um, and I also tie the energy of Perthro to both to, to both ends of life, to the womb from which the mystery of life emerges and to the grave 
into which the mystery of life goes to die and to be reborn to you know to begin the cycle again um because you know we do when we do go into the grave if we're practicing natural burial <laughs> which we usually don't anymore but like the idea is that your body goes on to become food for other forms of life and um even if that doesn't always happen quickly directly uh, in in the way that it used to happen for thousands and thousands of years, there is very much still a way in which um, the the molecules in our body go on to participate in other projects <laughs> in the material universe after our deaths. And so, so Perthro was there as as the end goal of of returning this this combined energy of of stepping into the grave into the end into the mystery but also stepping back into the womb into that because i mean i think the idea is that the place that you're going after death is has a lot in common with the place that you came from before life it's a place outside of life and time and i mean none of us know enough about these things to say for certain what any of these places or things is but um, that was, that was the thought process behind picking those three runes. Now, if I had to do this again, despite the fact that it worked perfectly, which we'll get to in a second, um, I would probably put Othala at the end because Othala is also like a homecoming and a, like an ending point in a cycle. That's also, it's, it's home, right? It's, it's our ancestors and our bloodline and everything. And, you know, coming home to your ancestors is, is literally what she did. Um, mm-hmm. but the really miraculous thing about this was, so I carved this candle. I lit this candle while we were still on the phone, I think, or I think so. I might've finished carving it and sent you the photos and stuff like right after we hung up. I don't remember. Cause I left shortly at midnight, the power at the hospital went out and it went to like emergency backup power. And I was like asking the nurse, is this normal? And she was like, no, mm-hmm. but I'm really glad we're still have our backup generator and i'm like me too that's great and the energy of the hospital shifted around midnight as well like some police came in and there was some things happening and urgency and intensity and i was just like okay i feel like the energy of the space has shifted and i also felt grandma being like as much as i like having you here with me if i'm gonna do this i really need to do this by myself um, so I did end up going home around 1230 that night and, mm. and I got I know, a, oh, I go know ahead. that I had the candle, I had the candle lit until it went out. I was committed to staying up with it, however long it took for it to burn all the way out. And I know I wasn't like watching it. 100% of the time like I was with it but I wasn't like sitting staring at the candle for three hours but I do know that there was a point where I looked up at it and it was out and I was like okay cool it's time for bed and I went to bed and as I was setting my alarms it was like 3:45. so my best estimate is that the candle went out around 3 30 which I asked you I got a call that night I, think at- I actually I might actually have a photo that I took of it right after it went out 
that had like the timestamp on it of like 335 or something that might be because I know you didn't tell me anything in the night and then the next morning you texted me and you were like when did the candle go out and I was trying to figure out the timeline and I was like I'm pretty sure it went out around 330 because I went to bed right after that what day was it it was the 10th of last month okay and so, or, get, yeah, give us your side of that story now, if you would, or of the rest of the story. So I went home, and I got a call from my brother at 4 o'clock in the morning, and they said um, Grandma died, and the time of death was around 3.30, because they didn't have an exact moment either, because the nurse didn't, like, same, like, the nurse wasn't staring at my grandmother, like, waiting for her to have her last breath but like around 3 30 is when they estimated um she went home so Mm -hmm. which certainly made me feel some type of way yeah when she told me the candle went out around the same time grandma died i was like chills (laughs) oh i feel that in my body (laughs) it did it did feel like real work i don't remember if i put oils on the candle i honestly don't know if i did or not if you did i don't think you mentioned it i didn't ask you to put oils on it i just asked you to carve me a candle and you did amazing thank you for doing that i appreciate it grandma appreciated it i think she needed a little extra light at the end of the bridge to Help her find oh, her yeah, way. You had mentioned that to me. That part of your intention in having a candle lit for her was to have literally like a guiding light mm-hmm. for her. <sighs> so that's pretty much the story, huh? Yeah, that's about it. And I think we, I have a note here that we were going to talk at the end about like w- ways that you supported yourself throughout the process. And I think you have touched on. I really did share Most of that um, yes i don't know I if did. you shared about the deep relief with us i have i'm like looking at things i have notes about that didn't get brought up you oh just for some relief. shoulder discomfort and mm-hmm. like back discomfort like laying in a hospital ch- chair sideways trying to hold her hand for hours and hours on end like it's it was really nice to have some deep relief for just like physical and i have a note about talking to other people who've had yes i some really big support that i had during this process was the blessing and gift of one of my housemates who was a death doula for a while and having conversations with him before i left my home about um the process um you know hey you've held people's hands when they've died what's that been like for you and um, getting some like real talk, like this is what's going to happen to the heart rate. This is what happens when they sound like when they're dying, like some like actual physical information about what's happening and then and, like what to expect and what to expect. So I didn't go in completely blind. It wasn't like a surprise. It wasn't also like fun either, but I'm also glad that I had those conversations with him and he was very much like if you have the chance to hold someone's hand or be present with them during their last moments, I highly recommend it because they found it healing. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I also found it healing. It changes you a little. Mm-hmm. It changed a little. me a lot. And I'm glad that I listened to my heart, which my heart was very much asking me to be be there during this process for myself and my grandmother and my mother and my family. Um, and my, I'm very yeah. glad I was there. My only other notes that I have for things that you did to support yourself were we just have bullet angels, bullet got cozy, bullet friendship. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I'm also remembering, we didn't make a note of it, but you mentioned uh, aroma rings. Dude, unrelated slash related, hardcore. It's It's not related to the magical side. If you're a hospice worker and you like or if you have to be in you have to be in like you're a nurse or a hospice worker or somebody that like has to deal with unpleasant smells because of your line of work i highly recommend getting yourself an aroma ring or two because at the hospital in, like, the whole time i didn't have to smell anything other than lavender so under what's, my what's mask. an aroma ring Oh, it's this little plastic septum ring that just like slides under your nose. Like, yeah, yeah, sorry, silicone. And it just sits, it sits comfortably on your, on your nose and you, it's soaked in lavender oil from Young Living and, or there's another one that's like Aroma Ease mm-hmm. that's more of like, mm-hmm. how would you describe Aroma Ease? That's more for like, well, it's more minty, but it also has a lot of things that really help with digestion. Mm-hmm. So oh, I yeah. would say that like, if you're, being exposed to smells that are making you feel sick to your stomach. Like nauseous. Yeah. yeah that would you be a might want to go with aroma ease. Whereas if you just want like some peace and some, um, like I, I use the lavender aroma rings on airplanes, mm. especially lately when I've had to go on an airplane and it's just like, I'm mean, going respect what they're trying to do here, but it's just, you cannot escape the smell of sanitizer and cleaning chemicals. And it's just like too much. Like there's more cleaning chemicals <laughs> in the air than there is like air in the air is what it smells like. And the lavender, like the aroma rings are not going to actually negate the consequences of being exposed to that, but they're going to make the experience significantly more pleasant um and if you have to anywhere you have to be wearing a face mask having an aroma ring or even if you like if you don't have an aroma ring but you can put some nice oils like on your face mask oh my god it's a game changer it makes the whole experience of having to wear a face mask so much more pleasant well or so much less unpleasant i guess i should say (laughs) um and yes so is that is that that's probably not something that's in your angelic assistance kit, but that's still something that people can get through you if they need, right? I might add it after this. Yeah, we should just put it in there, <laughs> like not because it has anything to do with angelic assistance, but because people are going to come from this episode to check that out. So I would just put that in there. Um, those are so helpful, so helpful. Oh, when you get a Serenity Now kit, it comes with one lavender. It aroma comes ring. with one, so you can try it. Yeah. Okay. That's that I was my first that. exposure that so to cool. it. Cool. That is so cool. Because I didn't buy it. I was like, yeah. oh, Young Living came out with another contraption. Yeah. Okay, I'll try it someday. And then yeah. Vervain gave me... Oh, sorry. Vervain gave me the Serenity Now kit. 
as a Yulemas present last year. Well, because because she's so awesome. Well, it is three of like the best. It's it's stress away, peace and calming, and lavender. So it's like <sighs> three oils that no sane person with emotions should live without. <laughs> And it's also like you're also Serenity. Like my nickname. Yeah, one of her nicknames is, is yeah. Serenity in a lot of circles. And so it just seemed like, wow, how perfect that these are like three of the greatest, most Abigail appropriate oils and they come in a kit literally called Serenity now. So plus it's like such a cute little It's such bag. a nice case. It's like gold. It's in your pocket. It. It's so cute. Yeah. Um anyway. I don't keep those oils <laughs> in it, but I keep that in my what? purse. Yeah, I have um it has what? my digize roller in it and it has my lavender in it and it has my um energy shield roller in mm, it. Okay. So I've just kind of I used the case for cool. like things that I need. They have two other Actually, ones. They have a be well. Yeah, they have one they have, and they have a another my, one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they have a couple other kits. They're really cute. Um and and like useful <laughs> also <laughs> but mostly cute but mostly useful but mostly cute was there anything else that you did throughout this process to support yourself physically energetically emotionally that you want to share with people somatic check-ins somatic check-ins checking Just in like with myself at the beginning of this episode checking in with myself making sure I'm hydrated, making sure I was fed, making sure I had enough sleep, like things that are, they sound basic, but when you're going through something like that, it's easy to forget. And it's, it's, I mean, it, it is basic, but it's also, it's basic for a reason. It's foundational for a reason. It's really helpful. I need to resource myself enough to be able to be fully present. Yeah. And I made that a priority because I knew if I let that slip, everything would have not been anywhere near as magical as everything I've described to you about the experience because I wouldn't have been resourced enough to be able to be present enough to do those things. Yeah. So maybe the biggest takeaway. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Get yourself fully resourced. So speaking of resources, um, we have a couple of resources to share with folks. So first off, there's going to be a link in the description that will take you to Abigail's angelic assistance bundle. And that the cool thing about that is like, A, if you get that or anything in that, you'll have tools for the sorts of stuff that we've talked about in this episode. And also that gets you into oil coven. We said the barrier to entry was really low. That's what we meant. You can get literally anything in that bundle or everything in that bundle or anywhere in between. And become a member of oil coven and you'll be with abigail like in abigail's um domain portion (laughs) of the team part of heaven um automatically so if oil heaven and if you're somebody who is called to work with angels at all or if you just like love her energy because who doesn't then like that's going to be a really beautiful support to have so like if you're if you're on abigail's team you're on my team if you're if you're in with with the angels um you're still within Oil Coven. So you get invited to all of our Coven exclusive events. And um, it's just, there's there's a ton of good stuff. We have so much fun stuff. And you get access, of course, to all the replays of like, for example, Abigail's past classes or our past potions clubs, which, oh, I was going to talk about 
Potions Club a little bit that's coming up. Um, yes, because please we do have... that because the theme and this is like well really... the one so the one that's coming up just a few days after this episode is released is all about the thinning of the veil and getting in touch with um getting in touch with ancestors or other spirits on the other side um that may have messages for us or support to offer us or perhaps there's forgiveness that we can offer them or or, or something you know something like that some healing that we can offer them to help them be at peace um either way it, it goes both ways i would say and let me pull up my notes on this um on our upcoming events real quick so that potions club i don't know how soon you're listening to this you certainly won't have time to like get the supplies for the meeting but that's okay you can still come to the meeting uh as long as you're an oil coven member without the supplies just to learn and then you can decide afterwards if these are if this is stuff that you want but we'll be going over patchouli cedarwood and orange and a ton of different ways to make magic and make potions with just those oils so with potions club what we do every month is we dive deep with just a few oils and going over the magic of just those few oils and so many different varied ways that you can utilize them in different combinations with different in different like formats um do you want to do you have anything else to say about like potions club in general i know there's one coming up where we're doing white angelica and i want to find that one to share with them november is going to be cool is that the next one? So is December. So yeah, our next meeting when this is being released is going to be November 5th. And that's the patchouli, cedarwood, orange, thinning of the veil one. And then... For November... Yes. Yeah, so on uh, th- throughout November, we'll be opening up the possibility to participate in a light in the darkness themed potions club and for that one the oils that you would need would be valor and white angelica so actually god i'm so excited you can get those from the angel kit (laughs) and be ready from the angelic assistance bundle or from either of our potions clubs bundles potions club bundles at the time um and get the valor and white angelica and that'll be we'll be making like an energy vampire protection roller um, energetic protection charm bag. We'll be going over the Great Day protocol. We're making an angel aura spray. Um, we're gonna be talking about the whole Tansy Toes practice. There's so cool much stuff. stuff. Cool stuff, guys. Oh, and in December we'll be having a celestial tea party. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be talking November, about star magic. We're gonna have what's happening in November. We're having a full moon circle and a potions club. Oh, and something that we haven't decided yet. <laughs> And oh yeah, okay. So if you do want to know more about Oil Coven events, go to vervainandtheroses.com slash oil coven and there'll be like a link that'll take you to our current events that I've been meaning to make and haven't made yet. And now I'm gonna have to actually do it. Um and then yeah, I hope to see you at some of those because they're super fun. And we usually have at least one like open kind of tea party style event each month plus our open education events which we managed to come to the free ones sometimes we do really cool giveaways oh yeah we do giveaways some well we do giveaways at, at other events sometimes too but yeah that's super fun and you can come and be friends with us in the oil coven discord which is just like my favorite place right now 
Um, <laughs> it's, Facebook like ain't got nothing on this. In the oil coven discord is like the energy that I always wanted social media to be. And it wasn't. And it's it's beautiful. Are you knocking on wood? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's just another benefit of being in there. We have all these fun channels. There's like a channel on the channels that have been super active today have been plant magic and gratitude. And recently we we're talking about foraged bones and runes and astrology, all sorts of fun things. There's go on space there. for you. There's so much space. And yeah, it's just only going to get better as more wonderful, magical people come in and join us. Yeah. So, let's see. Let's go back to my episode notes. Okay, so, oh, you were sharing with me about some angelic meditations on YouTube. Yeah, Melanie Beckler on YouTube does some really sweet angelic meditations. So, um, like I was saying earlier, you can directly ring, ring, like call them up and say, hey, Michael, I would like to chat or will you please help me with X, Y, or Z? Um, if you want to go a little bit deeper than that, and this resonates with you, which I guarantee that Melanie Buckler will not resonate with everyone. She resonates with me because I'm already in that like heavenly vibe pretty hard. But if it's new for you, her meditations might sound a little bit like spiritually pretentious of like, if you're more like me, this might not be your thing. Yeah, but like, if it you're might feeling not. like, wow, Abigail's the coolest person I've ever met, it might be your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think Abigail's so, one of the coolest people I've ever met. And there's, there's I might, more I'm than try just one of Melanie these. I'm going Beckler. to try one of these. She uses a lot of words of like homework. become the light of Christ and like you are perfect and remembering perfection and like a lot of sweetness, a lot of preciousness and... Um, she does talk a lot. So if you're the kind of person who wants a meditation with very little words, this isn't for you. But if you like a lot of words and words help you like visualize and get to that space in your mind and your heart, then this might be great. That's beautiful. Thank you. And those are called like Ask Angels. Mm -hmm. okay, She's got Melanie a YouTube Beckler. channel called Ask Angels. And, and we'll she also... I have a couple of those links in the show notes. I don't have this deck of cards yet, but I want to get it so badly. She's got a deck of angel cards that she made and... Like, I'm into all the angel stuff, right? But I don't have a single deck of cards that are angel-themed at all. And these are the only cards I've ever what seen. What a serious oversight. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love me a good... I guess I don't, like, I don't need cards. I just talk to them. Yeah. I you know, get it. it's like a direct thing. You don't, <laughs> I have need, their, their, you don't need their email address. I have address. their personal have their phone, phone number. number. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I was going to mention, if you're interested in doing this sort of candle magic, I don't have, like... A resource that I feel super great about recommending as like the candle magic resource, but I feel like candle magic is, is it doesn't have to be complicated. You put your intention in a candle and then you light it and then you use it as like an energetic focus for an intention. You can get fancy with you, it. Yeah, you can get you can get as complicated with it as you want, but that's the simple version. And one of the ways that I imbue intention into candles, as you may have got from this episode, is with runes. If you're interested in working more closely with runes, you probably got this from the last episode or two, but uh, I have a whole page on my website dedicated to rune-related resources. So if you go to vervainandtheroses.com slash resources slash runes, or you can just click the resource button and then click runes, um, 
you will find both a link to an affiliate link, which I would love it if you would use, to purchase my own book, Modern Runes, Discover the Magic of Casting and Divination for Everyday Life. And that has my take that I think is both really approachable for beginners and also probably offers something new to people who already have some familiarity with, familiarity with the runes. At least that's the feedback that I've gotten. Um, there's definitely some of my own like unique experience and perspective in there. So that's Modern Runes. There is a link for that there. There's also like I have like a handout on there that you can print out for totally free that has it's just like a really quick guide to different magical intentions. It's just a couple keywords for each rune. So because a lot of people are not super familiar with using runes in magic, they're more familiar with using them for divination. And I feel like it's it's slightly different the way you would interpret something in a in a reading versus the way you would use it in a spell. Um, so there's a guide for that. Um, and you can yeah, always reach out resources. to us specifically. Yeah. We're yeah. friendly people. You work with runes too. I oh, yeah. I, I, I forget about that sometimes. Because of you. Well, because of the runes. Because the runes found me through you. It's nice to Many have a, a runes ago. Friend, though. It is. We get to text each other. I actually, yeah, with, we like, actually get to, app. to text each other in runes. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> we both have the runic keyboard on our phones. Oh, which I said I was going to link as a resource in the last episode. <laughs> so, so I hope fun. I did that. Um, That's all the resources I have written out. Do you have... So I, I did notice there was a point earlier where you said that there was like a point in your life where you were studying angels. Do you have anything to share about how people might go about doing that? I mean... So you can look up, um, it's, I I believe they're all out of print now, but Doreen Virtue had some textbooks on angels that I read back in the day and all of that was very interesting to me at the time, still is. And also like you can kind of like quickly skim a bookstore and and like find like you can go to them as a physical shop and find like the angel section there is an angel section and you can kind of like skim and see the books that call to you it's a very intuitive process um so i first of all i recommend just directly reaching out and and ask, like talking to them directly and um if you want to do more research on it like go go find yourself a good bookstore peruse around see the energy of, of what books are there and, and trust your and intuition find, and pick up something that feels good to you. Great book recommendation. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we will not have a link to that in the comment in the show notes. Um, <laughs> thank you. No, I think that is really good advice. Um, I, what else was I going to say or ask for? We've got to be about done here. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I was going to say, I, I don't have any on off the top of the dome, but I do know there's a woman whose name I unfortunately do not remember who's done a lot of work with um, normalizing death talk. And I want to link some of her work down below mm. because I've read so much good stuff about it, even though I've never actually read it myself. I'm ashamed to say um, and then if I find any other good, like, dealing with death resources, I will also link those in the show notes. Because um, I think that's probably 
going to be helpful to a lot of people who land on this episode. Um, and yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's really it. Any, any last words? I love you. I love you too. Thank if you so much for being here. If you're listening and you made it to this whole thing, you're a trooper and thank you for taking your time and spending it here with us on this podcast. And they know what they're here for. Homework. But yeah, thanks. Oh, homework. That's really important. I was thinking about what the homework should be. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to yell. <laughs> so I was thinking, tell me how you feel about this. Okay. I was thinking that for the homework, we should all, including you, yes, you, if you're listening right now, we should all take some time, at least five minutes. If you do this for five minutes and that's all you do it for, this still counts as doing the homework. But if you can give yourself more time, give yourself more time. Um, but light a candle maybe or start your diffuser or whatever and get out your journal and a pen and just write about your feelings or your experience with death. Mm. Whether it's a, or like have a conversation with death. You can do this. Yeah. You can do this in the journal or you can do this in a journey, but I would really invite you to explore, to intentionally explore your relationship with death. Is it something that has been, really present in your life in has it been really traumatic or are you at peace with it is it something that still feels like part of like someone else's version of life because it's just never come that close to you and like what's your experience with it metaphysically what's your experience with it practically in the mundane if you want to get out like the death card and meditate on that from from like a tarot deck or whatever um, but I would just invite you to explore your relationship with death in a, in a in a way that allows you to like be conscious of your own emotional and energetic experience while you're doing it in a safe environment and to just kind of, you know, get to know your 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 relationship a little better there and become more aware of that. Yes, Abigail, I see a raised hand. I would also encourage like as you're doing this and going to this process of being present with yourself in this way, like give yourself the resources to, and the space and time, like plan ahead. If you need to plan ahead to like have your child being taken care of or responsibilities, um, you know, if you have to plan things out so you can carve out this time of intentional space for yourself, like be diligent, do those things. So while you're in the space, you can actually be fully present and be with whatever's coming up for you and go to the extra, you know, mile, go the extra mile to give yourself resources, make yourself a nice cup of hot cocoa or tea or whatever is comforting to you. Wear your favorite shawl, wear your favorite outfit, like have, yes. have the things, you know, with you, crystals or light a candle or whatever that like really does encourage you in the sensations of like comfort as you're approaching yourself and, and your relationship with yourself around this huge thing and just be curious and approach your your feelings and your experiences of like maybe where you've been up to this point that could be a journal prompt mm -hmm. if you want my relationship with death up until now has been blank and spending as much time there as needed and maybe after that prompt go into 
some things I would like to shift into, like what I would like my relationship with death to be like would sound like blank. I love that. So I've just decided that I'm actually going to take that and run with it. And I'll maybe we can work with on this together or I can put it together, but I'll get some journal prompts together for you or some like questions for reflection and I'll share those as a blog post on my website for veinandtheroses.com and I'll link that in the show notes um, here and on welcome to magicschool.com so you can find that. Um, I also want to, I we didn't actually talk about this today. We talked about this last night about why we're even recording this episode and releasing this episode now at this time. And that's because it is late October. It is the time when... The, like the veil is thinning and we are approaching the time when the veil is the thinnest, the veil between the worlds. So even if you don't have someone in your life who's dying right now, like that's the, the, the thing with the homework, right? Is we can't be like, we assign you to go help someone die. <laughs> um, <laughs> that A, like sounds really insensitive and B, like hopefully not everyone listening to this has somebody in their life who's dying right now. I really hope that that's not the case. Um, so that doesn't really make sense as homework to assign, you know, but everybody has a relationship with death, whatever it is, whatever it looks like. And most of us, because of our culture, are too uncomfortable to have regularly had the time or like our culture just doesn't hold the space for us. So we have to hold the space for ourselves to become comfortable with the concept of death and dying, with the reality of death and dying and to experience that as a human. My mom just texted me. My brother just got back from a funeral that's very interesting timing. It is interesting timing. One of his childhood friends shot himself in the head a few days ago. Wow. That's definitely something that you could journal about for the homework. As yeah, on a personal like, level. I don't like I don't even not yeah, not like you the listener. Um I mean, go for it. <laughs> Death is one of those things that like I feel like there's you have to have a sense of humor about it, you know? It's the most natural thing. Like, the, we're born, we live, and we die. It's so natural. Everything yeah. is on that cycle. But I, I also, at the same time, like, I really do feel like you have to have a sense of humor about it to manage it, to cope with it, to allow it to move through you. But also, you know, the the reverence and respect for people as humans you know having a need to process and i think that's something so in in non-spiritual communities we tend to gloss over death and shove it under the bed and shove it into the closet and not want to talk about it at all and in spiritual communities people pretend to be so comfortable with it that it's not even worth talking about and i think what happens in a lot of these contexts is people are actually still really uncomfortable with dealing with the reality of death and dying and so they write it off as like oh well I'm at peace with this spiritually so you should be at peace with this too 
I've even heard people then in the spiritual community be like, I'm a Scorpio, like, cause I'm a Scorpio. I'm just like, okay with death. And then you have a deeper conversation with them and they're actually like really unsettled by a lot of aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And it's natural to be unsettled. It's okay. By, like we it's are okay. living And beings. that's like the, that this here is, our- is the authentic part the part of living an authentic, transparent life, of being willing to have conversations that break the social norms, that make yes. people potentially uncomfortable, and being willing to hold space for each other and ourselves as we go through these deeper levels of human experiences and sharing them as a community. Yes. And that's why that's why we're recording this episode at all, is because it is so rare in or outside of spiritual communities, spiritual spaces to come across actual like flesh and blood conversations about the flesh and blood experience of death and dying. And it's really easy to engage with death only as far as like, um, you know, this is this is so and so, and she's a goddess of death, and I think that's really edgy and cool. And then there's like being in hospice and hearing the fluorescent lights and smelling the cleaning chemicals and smelling the death and like hearing the last breaths, sitting on hospital furniture, yeah, and hearing the death rattle and having a dying grandmother's fingernails pierce your skin, like. That is separate from this is so-and-so, goddess of death, and she's really badass. And those things are really connected. And we can make peace between the metaphysical concept of of death. death and the mundane reality of death. But it's important to recognize that we are humans and we have human experiences and it is okay to not just to to resist death it's okay to resist death it's okay to be uncomfortable with death it's okay to be resistant to losing someone you love it's okay for it to hurt to lose someone you love it's okay for it to hurt someone who's related to you or who you know who you're not even sure if you love It's okay for that to be confusing and painful and difficult. And it's normal for that to be confusing and painful and difficult. And this is a time of year when it's especially important to talk about it because as the world is dying, as the earth is going through its season of death before we go into winter, the season of... I mean, it's the kind of the season of like being dead. It's the season of the space between death and rebirth. But also the winter solstice is also the moment of birth, of rebirth. And then the spring is kind of like the celebration of that Mm -hmm. fertility, of that coming back to life. But the winter solstice is the day when the, the darkness becomes, the light begins re-emerging from the darkness whereas autumn is this we're still going into darker and darker days until the winter solstice every day will be darker and shorter than the last and so as we go through this season of death concepts of death and dying can be at the forefront of our minds 
And those spirits who have died, who have passed over, are closer to us now than they ever have been. So I would also like to amend or add an extra credit assignment to the homework. So the the homework homework is your journaling, right? The extra credit assignment is to create some sort of altar, and it can be temporary or permanent, or like a pocket shrine, or it can be just a spot on your dresser to honor your ancestors, those who have come before you. Or it doesn't have to be somebody in your bloodline necessarily, but anybody who has passed on who has affected you. So this could even be if you're fortunate enough to not have experienced much death in your personal life, you know, you could feature, for example, like an author or an artist who has has died, but whose work has really influenced you. Or um, it could be somebody who was one of your teachers who's passed on who's really influenced you. Or it could be a relative or a friend who's passed on who had an effect on your life and create a space for honoring the departed dead in your life. And I would invite you to do your journaling in this space if that's something that resonates for you, that feels aligned for you. And that is the extra credit assignment. So of course, if you want to be a part of the next episode, you can message me on Instagram at Welcome to Magic School, especially if you send me voice messages about your experience doing the homework, then I can share them on this show. Um, let me know. I can keep you anonymous if that's what you're more comfortable with. We don't have to say who it is, um, but I would love to share y'all's experiences with doing the homework. I'm also committed to doing this homework myself and sharing about it. And um, yes, we'll have the journal prompts that you can use or you can just journal from the heart. We'll have those prompts available as a blog post on vervainandtheroses.com. And my final request of you is to please, if you have gotten this far, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. You can currently review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podchaser, and Stitcher. Or you can just leave me nice messages on Instagram or in my email and I will post screenshots of them because they make me happy. Um, you can, of course, you can. there's a number of ways that you can tell me about your experience doing the homework or contact me for any other reason. There is a contact form on my website, both websites actually, vervainoftheroses.com and welcometomagicschool.com. Um, you can also find my email addresses there. You can email me at vervainhellsdaughter at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Instagram. If it's podcast related, please message me at Welcome to Magic School. All of this is in the show notes. So I really hope that you learned something new today. Did you learn something new today? Always. Yeah, with probably. You, with you around, always. I always learn something new from you today. Um, but I always learn something new from you every day that I talk to you. <laughs> if you learned something new today, dear listener, I would love it if you would take a moment to share what you learned on Instagram and tag at Welcome to Magic School. And you can go ahead and tag at Earth Angel Abigail if you learned it from her so that someone else can benefit from your learning too. If you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Welcome to Magic School on Apple Podcasts so that you can stay up to date and be a part of helping other witches expand their magical knowledge. Thank you so, so much for listening. Have an absolutely magical day, and I will see you next week on Welcome to Magic School, where you'll learn how to level up every aspect of your life and make your everyday magical one step at a time with witchcraft that works. 